that way. All of our meetings and all of the urine stuff, Andrew literally goes and he says, Lord, what do you want to speak to us, firstly? And secondly, what is it that you want to change in us so that that change that you bring in us will filter through the churches? And so that first few sessions, that first few evenings was, oh man, it was, I, I felt so convicted. I was in tears on, Friday, on Wednesday evening and just sitting in front of the Lord and, because He shows you all the stuff that you, you know, the flesh that's in you and the ambition that's in you and, you know, the stuff that you sometimes do in leading a church that is actually just of you and it's, there's nothing of Him in it. And then what He does is so beautifully and so faithfully that the Lord comes and He literally breaks down those things that's in you. Not to keep you broken, not to keep you on your knees, but to basically then just to come and build you up from there. And what he builds up then is of Christ. And that was amazing. So what we did was the first few sessions, the Lord was just speaking into us and speaking to us and convicting us of things and showing, you know, the bigger, bigger leadership things that, that the bigger Joshian may have got right and didn't have right, you know. Because we're not perfect. I mean, there's no person... There's no church, there's no leader in this earth that's got everything perfect. We're still learning. We're still in the process of submitting ourselves to the Lord and constant that the jou kan verander and werk in jou. And that's so super important for all of us to remember. So that's just some feedback and that's the only feedback that I'm going to give you guys uh, on that. I want to get to the word this morning. We were sitting in one of the sessions and the Lord so clear. The Lord so clearly spoke to me on Thursday morning. It's it's not often that I get a word that is literally when I get the word, I I, I, I can literally just go down. I, this is my piece of paper that I is it's just and, and I could literally go and sit down. Carmen, I think you were there. I could literally sit down and I, I started writing down and that was the preach. Because I had everything already, it was almost like the Lord downloaded it already. Um, but the one thing that I couldn't, because we came home in the evenings at about 11 o'clock, it was long days. So if it's not the most well-polished pre uh, preach, please forgive me for that. Uh, I didn't have really time to prepare it in terms of speaking it, but I know what's there. And my prayer and my heart is this morning, and we're going to pray for it. Yeah, let's close our eyes and let's just pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that although I might not have the right words this morning and I, I, I could not perhaps have practiced as much and run through everything with you as I normally would have, Lord. I pray that everything that you want to be said this morning, that it will be said, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we said earlier, that each word, Lord, that is being spoken, that it will fall on soil that is able to accept the living water this morning, Lord, so it can reach the roots and find growth in us, Lord. And that is our prayer in Jesus' name. Ephesians 2, verse 21 to 22. Scripture says, and I've got the Afrikaans, I'm so whistle. So, and this is something that I just want to, maybe I can just kick off with that. It's amazing how the Lord, you can manage that you're so awesome, I'm not thinking script. Eyes up front. <laughs> it's amazing how the Lord builds a church. And if you look around, there's so many different people around you. 
Ray means so, and Vic means so. We're such a diverse. I, I didn't choose it that way. I didn't go and invite every single person in order to go in a very specific way. The Lord sent you here. And I'm trusting that the Lord sent each person here. So what happens is, is when we're so diverse, when we're so, so coming from different backgrounds, different cultures, we have to find our feet together as a group. In Bible, it's a bit socially. Als we nou mekaar vind op een social level, met elke keer is een manier van dinge doen is betekend verschillen. But do you realize that even spiritually, we now have to find each other on some kind of a footing. And I want to tell you about my wall at home. I have a, it's not a wall, it's a dummy that I've built. Ek het een boorg gehad. En hier die boorgatse water loop kon, it's a borehole and all the water flowed over in winter time. And I had to make a plan to capture all of that water so that it doesn't flood the rest of my, my place. So what I did is, is I built a little wall, but I was, I was a bit stingy geweest. I didn't go and buy the right materials for that. I bought cement and I bought bukemen and alles, hele praktische manne. Ek kan sien hoe kyk die praktische manne met skit judgment, nou ja nie, nee, ek kan useless, ja. But so <laughs> But 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 that was my thought, and I, I, I what I did is, is I took different stones from what I could find, and I, I'm so sorry. I actually wanted to take a picture because it, a, a picture speaks a thousand words sometimes, and I totally forgot about that in the hustle and the bustle. So try and imagine it. I took different types of rocks firstly, and then it was different sized rocks that I took, and I started building my little dam wall. And you know what the th- funny thing is about that? Initially, at first, it worked brilliantly, and I was so chuffed with myself. I And after a few months, for some reason, on the stones that wasn't completely smooth, or the stones that wasn't completely the same shape as the one next to that, that cement that was in between, it started, the water started filtering through. And a small little tip, 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 got a little bit stronger, and at the end of the day, I've got a little stream coming through two of the rocks in my wall, my dam that I bought. And suddenly, the Lord started speaking to me this week about us. And we are that wall that I bought. There's different people here, there's different personalities here, there's different cultures here, there's English and there's Afrikaans people. And I'm asking the Lord this week, Lord, how have I, poor little villain, I've been a pastor, I don't even want to call it a pastor because I'm not a pastor. Because it's only, it's young and young. And a year and a half ago, I was literally just sitting in church like you guys, and now suddenly people are calling me pastor. As much as I'm trying to please, this is my pastor, and they just keep on calling me pastor. But the thing is, I went to the Lord this week and I said, Lord, how? Are we going to build a church? And, and your expectation is not mine. Your expectation is that we should be of one mind. How are we going to do that? We're going to have one heart, the Bible says. And how do we build in such a way that we can put all of this together and be that in the kingdom? And the Lord started speaking to me. And, and this morning, this word is not, it's not supposed to be a harsh word. 
And I know sometimes that that's where the only comes in. So I'm going to keep on telling you my life. I said, you better be in church this morning because the minute that my, my tone, my coming over starts getting harsh, I'm going to look at her and she's going to... One away corner. Yes. Because the heart of this preach this morning, and it's a short preach, but the heart of this preach this morning is, is that I saw a picture, man. God showed me a picture of Rabo where we can be a cultural, a multi-diverse, multi-culture church. And where sometimes Pratos Afrikaans and Anakera Pratos Engels and nobody gets offended if there's only English scriptures up there. Nobody gets offended if there's only Afrikaans up there. And it's not English that you sing. And say, you know, because you know why? Because you can find Jesus here. It's not about the worship. It's not about my eloquent preaching. It's not about how comfortable we make you feel. It's not about how brilliant our kids' church is. But it is because you can find Jesus here. And that was the point of this morning. I don't want to get you out of your box. I don't want to get you out of your comfort zone, as we so often say. I want you to find Jesus here. That's my heart. I want you to encounter the person of Jesus because then I know we will be able to be one mind and in full unity in Christ. And then we can truly be a kingdom church in this town. So, let's kick off. Ephesians 2 verse 21 and 22 says the following. I'm going to say Afrikaans, but I'm going to say that I'm in hom sluit die hele gebouw saam en verreis dit tot die heilige tempel vir die Heere. En wie jylle, nou praat hy van ons, en wie jylle en ek saam opgebouw word as een geestelike huis waarin God woon. Crucial. Twee goed is. Saam opgebouw. En die sê, become. Become. It's so important that we see that little word we will become. So when you walk into Josh Jane for the first time, Josh Jane Prabhu, are we perfect yet? Are we perfect yet? It's a, it's a question. No. Are we that Acts 2.42 church where what we say so often, you know, they devoted themselves to the preaching. Are we there yet? No. But what do we do? We are becoming what we believe God is saying to us. So that's the first thing. The second thing is Godward, which God lives in. If we don't if we establish a church that's got healthy preaching and a healthy worship and a healthy kids church, but there's no God in here, that Jesus doesn't visit us each Sunday, then we're not building for him. Because we're not building so that you and I can have lack of church. We're building so that He can visit us here on a Sunday. Because the Old Testament, God had visitation. We spoke about that last year. But in the New Testament, God is in us. And together, as people, we form a church. Not a building, but together we form a church. So those two things are absolutely crucial. Then 1 Peter 2, verse 2 to 4 to 6. Man, I feel like I want to take this specific scripture. And I would almost want to do every word for word, but we're not going to go there this morning. We're just going to do it more like that. It says 1 Peter 2, verse 4 to 6. It says, As you come to Him, 
the living stone. That's Jesus. We come to Jesus. He is the first living stone. Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him. You also, now he's talking about us again. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Isn't that amazing? But again, look at the, the, look at the, the way that he says this. You are being built. We're not perfect yet. We're not there yet. So that's, that's why if anybody comes in here and they're looking for the perfect church, I, I promise you, you're just not going to find it. We're going to rub on each other. We're going to maybe offend you at some point. We're maybe going to say something that rubs you the wrong way. I'm going to make mistakes. Who are is going to make mistakes? All of us are going to make mistakes. So we're being bold. We're being bold. We're being bold. You get that? So important for me to stress that. Anyway, into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Living stones. Living stones. That little thing that I built is such a representation of us. God is building us, each person they see me. It's almost like when I go to the shop and I go and buy the different material for whatever I want to do or for that, that thing that I'm building. <clears throat> God comes to you and each person, He came to you and He said, listen, I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got something on my heart for you. And I know where I want to place you, where I want those things to play itself out. I know where I want to send you, to deposit certain things in you, to build certain things in you, to maybe, I don't know, maybe correct some things in you. I want to build you into something. Do you see that where he says, I want to build you into something? We never, and God's intention is never to be a rock on your own. You see that? He's always building us into something, into family. Into, uh, 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 you get that. But now there's a problem. And that's what I want to land on this morning. There's a problem when we have different stones. How do we fit the different size stones into a wall. How do we go that way? And I'm going to highlight four things this morning that I really believe is going to be super important. We're going to start starting point on Wednesday evening with a lot of new people and guys that have been visiting us for, 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 for a while. We're going to do starting point then. And what happens is starting point and there's a bunch of DVDs that he goes through or teachings that he goes through. And starting point, I want to look for Naomi. Thanks, man. Starting point, starting point is not the normal topics. He doesn't go back to salvation and explain how does salvation work and how does this work and how does this work. Andrew actually. Andrew actually takes on some topics that sometimes can be tough to swallow. But all of the topics, we take it through the Bible. And the thing is, it's so important for us, for these different stones, when you're being built into this specific wall, into this temple, it's going to be important for us to be of one mind 
on some of the stuff. We need to agree on certain things. And if your heart is not postured correctly, as your heart is not so many as your heart is not so many, then it will be moeilik wees for die water, for die woord, and for die waarheid om in te kom, and to sit, come to your roots so that it can produce growth. So I've highlighted four things. The first thing is that I just want to say, what are we being transformed into? Duplicates of Willem? Duplicates of Stefan? What are we being transformed into? The image of Jesus. Yeah. And that's super important for us to also just realize that whenever we speak of, of being chiseled away or stones being formed, it's not being formed into an image of a person or we don't want to be, make duplicates of Andrew here that, that started Josh Jen and that type of thing. We want to be changed into the image of Jesus. And 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says the following. I'm back. Yes. I say, and we all with, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory on being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory. It's in Jesus' image that we want to transform. And that is the heart of, it should be the heart of every church. Not to make, and, and that's what the Lord also started talking with us about last year. I think from, from my perspective as a, as, as a leader, I wanted to take Acts 2.42 and say all of these attributes, all of these things, we should look like this. And the Lord spoke to me and He rebuked me on that. And He said, listen, we are not making cardboard cutouts of something to look like that. Then we're just building religiously. And basically it's just going to be a, a change of image but not a change of heart. And being transformed into the image of Jesus is, an, is something that happens on the inside. It's not just something that we do and say because then we're going to say the right things. But it's not going to be in our hearts. And that's super important. So what are the things that's going to resist the process of change into the image of Jesus? The first thing is your own understanding. Proverbs 3 says the following. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. So often we come to church and we lean on our own understanding. We lean into what we grew up with. We lean into what we understand things should look like. But it's also a little bit further than that. I mentioned just a little bit earlier that so often we come to church and there's certain things that I'm looking for. There's certain things that's important to me. How's the kids' ministry? How's the preaching? Is there coffee and tea afterwards? And there are certain tick boxes that we're looking for. And we never come to the place where it's not my understanding of what I need. You hear this? It's not my understanding of what I need. But I come to the Lord. And I search Him and I say, Lord, You know me better than I know myself. What is it that I need? And we ask Him and we don't lean on our own understanding thinking, I think well, I know what I want. I know what I need. But we come to Him and we ask Him, Lord Jesus, where do You want me? Where do You want to build me into? Where is it that You want to place me? And that's super important. 
What does the Bible say? And that's something that's going to be... We're going to, we're going to talk about that. The, the, the starting point group, we're going to talk about these things. 2021, modern culture is such, in such a contrast these days to what the Bible teaches us. There's so many things in 2021 that is directly against what the Bible is teaching us. And modern thinking is shaping our thinking and our understanding of this, of this life. Take for instance, just one example. The Bible teaches us what a family looks like. There's a mom, there's a dad, and there's kids. That's what the Bible teaches, that's the structure of the family. That is how God, the heart is, His intention is. Modern society is teaching us that that doesn't matter. Family can look anything. And I'm not talking about single moms, I'm not talking about single dads, I'm talking about that. But these days you will have two moms, two dads. And I'm asking us, what does the Bible say? Are we leaning into the understanding of modern culture? Are we leaning into the understanding of what the Bible teaches us? And God's ways. The second thing that I want to highlight that's going to resist you being built into the wall or into the temple is deception of the enemy. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11 says the following. In order that Satan might now not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. The enemy, Satan, loves to deceive us. He loves to show us certain things and to twist things in our heart and to, to basically lie to us about so many things. And so often he will work through fear. Maybe, you know, you will look at a church and you look at them and you say, listen, the way that, that those guys are worshipping, that's not me. And then he, the enemy comes and he brings fear over you and you say, oh, die mense gaf jou so ongemakkelijk laat voel. Hulle gaan vir jou, jy weet nie, elke keer, hulle, hulle gaan vir jou laat skaam kry, because you're going to be the only one that doesn't want to raise your hand. Or, and he starts telling you certain lies and he sets up certain schemes to try and make sure that you are not built into where you should be built in. Even your life. I told Stefan the other day, if the enemy knows that the only thing that he needs to do to keep you from going to community on a Wednesday evening is to give you the worst Wednesday ever, he will give you the worst day ever every Wednesday. Because he knows that whenever life gets tough, you say, no, 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 no. I can't even know. The day was full. It was a moeilijke dag geweest. I promise you next Wednesday it's going to look the same. The enemy has schemes. The enemy tries to outwit you. And if you want to be built into his temple, you need to be aware of his schemes. You need to be aware of his tactics to try and keep you away from being built into his temple as a living stone. Is that good? Are you guys with me? The third thing, second to last, is deception of the heart. 
And it's very much like understanding, but it's a little bit deeper than that. Deception of the heart comes from past experiences. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a lot deeper rooted than just understanding. Understanding is something that sometimes when the light shines on it, understanding can change. So understanding is often not as deeply rooted. It's not so difficult to change sometimes because, you know, the minute that the revelation comes and, uh, you know, your, your understanding of something changed. But sometimes the deception of the heart can be a lot deeper than that. And it's a lot more difficult to try and tell someone something other than what his heart is telling you. Because each one of us, and that's the difficult part, each one of us truly believes that you are being led by the Holy Spirit, don't you? There. You believe that in your heart. So there's nothing of you that, that is, it's not always being stubborn. It's not always about being disobedient. Sometimes your heart really is telling you to do this or do that. But the Bible says the following, and that's something that's so important. Can you fork on any It says Jeremiah, Sirefas, Mecha. Die hart is bedrieglijker as enige iets anders. Hy is ongeneeslik. Wie kan hom verstaan? The heart is deceitful above all other things. And that's why last week we said, we had certain things, or two weeks ago we had certain things that we said in this year it's going to be so important for us to hold on to certain things because it's going to be the make or break for a lot of us this year. No, one of the things that we said is discernment. And discerning between when is it my heart and when is it the Holy Spirit speaking to me is going to be something that's going to be super important for each one of us going into this year. Want betuikere, net betuikere, dan sê jou hart vir jou iets. Jou benut klink vir jou, sê jou vergees. The Holy Spirit is telling me this morning, I should spend some time with my family. For the next month and for the next month we're going to just you know we're going to take a sabbatical whatever and i'm not saying the holy spirit can't tell you that it's just an example but what i am saying is now you believe that meanwhile meanwhile it's your own heart that just you have just uitgebrand there's a stuff on your body and you think it's your heart that speaks to you. And that's why God wants to slot you into. He wants to build you into a temple. He wants to build you into and around other rocks. Because it's so often that God uses the rock that's next to you. Some of the other rocks. Just to just try and figure out with you. To discern with you. Is it my heart? Of specific thing. That's why God gave you leaders. And that's the other thing that modern culture is kind of leadership. There's a there's a wave these days of coming in to say, listen, leadership is, is old, man. Le- leadership in the church, elders and deacons and that this holy hierarchy that you guys are doing and in this nonsense, man. The church is us. And there's no such thing as leadership. You don't have to be led. You are led by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be led by another person. That's nonsense. And so often we lean into those modern ways of thinking. And what happens is, suddenly you find yourself without another person that you can 
look over your shoulder and help you to discern often, is this me speaking or is this the Holy Spirit speaking? Because I've got leaders in my life. As you've got leaders in your life, I've got leaders in my life. And this week was a week where leaders could speak into my life. And they could help me discern many things. This was such a, a breakthrough week for us on many areas in our personal life. Me and Leonie, we were trying to figure out things. And we were saying, oh Lord, I don't know. What should we do with this? And what should we do with this? And we had chats with, with, with some of the guys there. And yeah, man, such clarity came. And they helped us to discern and to see what is me and what is God. I never want to be without leadership in my life. I never want to be without someone just seeking over me and overseeing what is the decisions that I'm making. Because there's a safety in that. And I'm talking about healthy leadership, eh? I'm talking about healthy. You get unhealthy leadership as well. You do get places where it's not the best place to be under that leadership. I'll give you that. So that's why it's also one of those things to say, Lord, fit me into a temple where there's healthy leadership. Where those guys that's leading knows you, follows not their own thinking, but the Holy Spirit. And I've said this before, if I and any other leader in this church doesn't do that, you go to the guys in Cape Town, you phone any Josh Jen elder that you can find, and say, listen, there's fout in Grabau, come. Okay, and then there's one more thing. We are living in a time where there's going to be, you, you, you know Revelations talk about the big falling away. Have you heard that? Who's heard of that? Okay, so I don't have to over explain. The Bible teaches us, in fact, there's, there's more than one thing. The Bible says there's a, there's a narrow way and there's a, there's a small path. The Bible says that more people will go to hell than the people that will go to heaven. You know those scriptures that says that. So the evidence is very clear in the Bible that we're not going to be the majority that is actually going to heaven. And what happens is, the Bible tells us that in the last days there will be a great falling away even in the church. And that even in the church, a lot of us will be deceived by people talking about a different Jesus than that the Bible talks of. A different gospel than what the Bible talks of. And it will sound the same, but it will guide us into a different path. It will build us into a different temple. That is not a temple that the Lord can inhabit. That is not a place where the Lord can come with His presence into. There's a scripture in 2 Peter 2. Let's read that together. Listen to this. It's a warning to the, to the last day church. But then were all false prophets among the people, just as there were false prophets among you. They will secretly, look at the words, look at the words that the Bible uses. It doesn't say, oh, you know, it's not obvious. It says they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even deny the sovereign Lord who bought them, bring swift destruction on themselves. Many, many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. Just wanna, I just want to pause there for a second. 
It will bring the way of truth into disrepute. What is the way of truth? It's the Bible. It's what the Bible teaches us. It's the way of truth that, that Paul teaches uh, teach is in all of Corinthians and in Ephesians and in Philippians and in Acts. That's the truth. That's the only source that we have that we know is of God because the, the Bible says Scripture was breathed by God. It was inspired by God. It came directly out of His mouth. Everything else is interpretation. Everything else is gray. But the Bible is our black and white. That is the way that we know is truth. And I just want to tell you a short story. I just want to tell you a short story. We planted vegetables yeah, on this open patch of soil here on top. And I will never forget how I began it. Aanvankelijk het ek groente geplant, maar ek het kinsmis gebruik, hierdie wit pellets, wat jy, 23321, wat jy nie meer. And I used my own techniques, I used my own way of planting vegetables. And if I was lucky, I got vegetables in the first place. And if I was lucky, I got, in summertime, I got about one crop of, say for instance, green beans. Of a whole million, yeah, Stephen remembers. I planted millies, and there was literally half of a millie there. The rest of the millie wasn't there on the entire crop. That was Willem's way of doing vegetables. And it, I tell you, it was a total flop after about three years. For three years, I persisted in my ways. <laughs> and then I'll never forget it. I heard about guys that's in Port Elizabeth. And they've got biblical principles that they teach, and they call it farming God's way. And we went to Port Elizabeth and for that whole week they trained us to farm God's way. And we started implementing that at our gardens. And I promise you, we started doing four crops in one season through farming God's way. Four crops. My, my millies, it was, Stefan, you can say, it was one of the best millies. Uh, that was, it was super millies. But you know what, what? I know God used that garden. The gardens is no more for now. I'm crying about that every now and then. But I know that God used that experience to build something in me that nobody can ever change. And that is that God's way of building anything is the only way to grow true growth. And something proper and in his image. Morning, young man. He's looking for his dad. You guys hear me? There's only one true way. It's not Willem's way, it's not Carla's way, it's not Nazi's way, it's not Andrew's way as well. The only true way to build church and to do church together is the Bible's way. I don't want to hear anything else about any other way about just the Bible's way and God's way of doing that. And that is what we're also going to look at. And the starting point, guys, we're going to look at what does the Scripture say? How does church look like? What does the Bible teach about that? And that's super important for us to not submit to a person in this, but to look at the Scriptures and, and be taught from the Scriptures. Let's just look at the last part of that Scripture in 2 Peter. 
So men will follow the depraved conduct and it will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. They have fabricated stories, not even the truth enough. Uh, we've heard that. There was a, there was, there's some teachings that come out now where people actually want to start telling you there's no such thing as the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. It's just God. You know, there's no hierarchy. There's no, there's no, you know, you drink and eindelijk maar nonsense. And they, they're not even, you know, just bringing in deceit or, you know, just a twist. They're just talking nonsense now. And the, the worst thing is, is, is a lot of people are listening to that and they are accepting that as the truth. And that's why we, it's so important for us to be built into a healthy temple. Alright, their condemnation has longer been hanging over them and their destruction has been, not been sleeping. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into change of darkness to be held for judgment. I'm going to end it there this morning. But I really want to ask to you, just respond, not to me, again, this is not, you're not responding to me, I want to give you an opportunity to just respond to the Lord this morning. And this is actually, for the starting point, guys, the guys that's going to spend the Wednesdays with us in the next time to come, this is actually the first thing, before we're going to kick off on Wednesday, this is the first question that you need to ask yourself when we go through these things. Are you in a place where your soil is soft and where you can look at the Bible through the eyes of what Jesus wants you to look and say, I am willing to submit to whatever, not Willem wants to teach me or Josh Chen wants to teach me, but I'm willing to submit to whatever the Bible wants to teach me. And that when that comes, and when maybe it, it hits my comfort zone, or maybe when it hits my way of thinking and my own understanding, when it maybe hits an area of, of, of theology where I, was, where I was so sure I knew the way, where I was so sure I knew the truth, and now suddenly this comes in and it's directly against what I thought, and, and now I feel, I feel a little bit troubled almost. I feel like I'm the mud under my eyes. Are you willing to just journey that out with us? And with the Lord. And I want to ask you for Justin, are you willing to do that? If you are, just stand with me and we're going to pray together if that is your response to that. Just that. I love it. It's one of those awkward moments. I wonder what I would have done if everybody just sat down. I would have said, Lord, or I, I, might, I, might have, I might have been a spritz and I would have done the preach over and said, no, 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 I didn't do this, I didn't do this well. We're going to redo this preach. I don't want you to, listen here, I don't want you to stand for me. Listen here, I don't want you to stand for me. I don't want you to stand for me this morning. I want you to stand for yourself this morning. I want you to stand in front of Jesus right now and just close your eyes. This is between you and Jesus because I promise you, I promise you when the poor boy is going to hit the fan, when something is going to come that is directly across anything that you've ever heard, 
And when your cage is going to be rattled, then something is going to be said. Or there's something going to happen within these boundaries. That's going to offend your understanding. That's going to offend your own way. That's going to offend your comfort zone. It's then when you're going to have to say, listen, I stood up for Jesus that morning. That morning I made a decision for, for Him. So Lord Jesus, as we're standing here this morning, I want to come and pray for all of us. I want to pray, Lord Jesus, that You will just work the soil of our hearts right now, in this moment, Lord Jesus. Soften our soil so that we will be, each person will be in a position this year so that when your water comes, your living water, your ways of truth, your ways comes, that we will be in a position so that our soil may be wetened by your Holy Spirit, by your water of life, and so that our roots may take up that water and it can bring the growth that you wanted to bring in Jesus' name. I want to pray, Lord Jesus, for each person that is standing each person that is feeling in their heart right now and this morning that you are building this person and them and I into this temple. I want to pray, Lord Jesus, that they will not experience a superficial, oppervlakkige building into this family. But Father, that as you say in the word that we are becoming a temple, that in Joshin Chrobo, you, Holy Spirit, will work something supernatural where you will take English people and Afrikaans people and brown people and Vitmans and all kinds of people and you will build us together into one temple so that when we look back in a year or two or ten years from now we will look back and say only God only God's ways would be able to do that that is not man's ways. That is not Willem's glory. That is not Josh Jean's glory. That is not Andrew's ways that was able to do that. But only God, only Jesus could have done that. Because the glory remains and belongs to Jesus. And so Lord Jesus, after we've submitted ourselves now, Oh, we want to raise our hands and we want to glorify you, Lord. We want to raise our hands and we want to glorify you, Lord. And we want to say, Lord Jesus, let this temple in Krabo, let this temple in Krabo, Lord, this temple of stones, of living stones, this people that you are putting together, may we well represent a temple that you can come and bring God's presence to each time when we meet, when we get together. And may we shine in Chobo. And may people look at us and see Jesus through us. Not through the person that is standing in front. But each person standing in this place represents something of you. And together, together, we represent the fullness of Jesus Christ. And may that be such a glory unto you. May that be such a beautiful image of Jesus in Chobo in the time to come, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, may you work this in us in the time to come. May we become 
May we become, Lord. May we become, Lord. In Jesus' name. I want to pray, Lord, against any, any attack of the enemy, any strategy of the enemy, any scheme of the enemy that wants to come and sidetrack the plans of the Lord, that wants to come and, uh, and, and, and dis bring destruction of what God has planned for not only this congregation, but for Hrabo and Elgin in this whole area. Of, and we include Felistor. We include Betty's Bay. We include Claymont, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And we bind every work of the enemy that wants to come against. If the Bible says, who will come up against the Lord? Because if the Lord is for us, who can be against us? And we pray that in Jesus' name. We pray that in Jesus' name. Come and do a work in us, Lord, that no man will be able to do. No man we're able to, to bring about what you are envisioning for this congregation in Jesus' name. So that you, Jesus, so that you, Jesus, will receive all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name.